0: download the free anchor app and go to anchor fm to get started today what's up idp army it's your man jordan rains back again with the idp army podcast This is where we talk mostly IDP, all fantasy football, as you all know that. Um, Yeah, and if you're listening, if you have been listening for a while, appreciate that. If it's your first time listening to the show, that's awesome. Welcome in. We are inclusive. We are disruptive. We are proficient. We're looking at fantasy football from all angles. We're trying to rebrand IDP. Um, Yeah, and we're we're doing the whole thing. Tonight, we are going to have a special guest. Bob Van, the IDP man, we are going to talk about the dynasty repercussions of this incoming rookie class for defensive line players. We're going to talk about how we are attacking the defensive line position this year, a little bit of strategy, a little bit of theory, um, and, you know what we learned in the last year or two and how we're going to apply that going forward. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and bring Bob in here, guys and gals. What's up, Bob? How you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, ready to talk some uh, defensive line. Um had a long day at work, so I'm ready to chop it up with you. Um, always down to talk IDP, you know, always down to talk rookies. Um, and the upcoming season ahead. I'm just ready to rock and roll, man. So
0: yes, sir. Friday night, it's a pretty uh, popular time to go stream. I know the Rum Boys got something going on. If y'all pop in there, tell them what's up from us. There's a lot of good streams going on. If you're here with us, we appreciate that. If you're listening to the uh the uh the podcast, we appreciate that. Make sure you give us a five-star review. A rating and a review, we'd appreciate that. If you're watching on YouTube, like, thumbs up, leave a comment, all that good stuff. We love that and appreciate that. If you want to live chat with us, we will take some questions here maybe towards the end. Uh Yeah, so Bob, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. We are going to be talking about the defensive line position. Uh, I kind of made a joke today because we had the uh, the movement from San Francisco and I looked at my buddy and I was like, hey, the San Francisco is moving up. You know, uh, maybe they're going to go get another defensive line player because <laughs> that seems to be all they take in the first
1: round. <laughs> nah, man, I, they, they got to go QB. I like the joke, but, man, I, uh, I, mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> I couldn't imagine in,
1: the, in this draft. I couldn't imagine.
0: There's nobody know, worth taking that. I, high. Yeah,
1: well, and I think, you know, the weird season, you know, the weird COVID season, all these opt-outs. I think if Russo would have gotten another year to play, and show, showcase what he brings, you know, maybe. But there, I really feel like there's going to be a lot of value in this draft at the edge position specifically just because it's such like a an ambiguous season of there's no Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, no, you know, clowny, you know, even though he hasn't really been an IDP asset. But there's no that guy at the top of drafts that is just, you know, wowing anybody. So it's yeah. going to be an interesting interesting draft to see how it plays out with all that. But, you know, it was nice to see some freaking draft movement. You yeah. Know, with picks moving around and all that. Yeah, the two big trades back-to-back. We got some young head coaches that know each other
0: uh, making some moves. So the NFL is – I mean, it's getting more and more like fantasy football as we, you know, guys are not afraid to, you know, one-year deals. People are flipping players, all that stuff. Um, guys, gals, if you want to check out our full breakdown of the IDP uh, rookie rankings coming into this class, that's yeah. going to be available on the Patreon, the Black Ops tier. Actually, Bob here helped us curate the rookie rankings on there. They're tiered up. Um, you will get that when you sign up for the Black Ops tier and you get the Ultimate IDP Index, which launches six days from today, which I'm so pumped about. Um, If you're watching anywhere, you know, share, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, like we said. But, Bob, um, defensive line, you know, it's often the narrative when I started playing IDP fantasy football was really one of you want a strong defensive line player, uh, and that's who you want to target first, kind of as the the centerpiece of your team. And that's something that I kind of took to heart. But as I've played IDP the last few years, I have found that to not necessarily be the best strategy Um, or even a strategy that's worked for me Um, I can say I've you know uh, Miles Garrett you know he's everybody seems to have him as the number one guy but I've had him on several dynasty teams and I can say in all honesty he has not really been a difference maker for me which made me last year start to examine this concept of a a zero defensive line draft strategy I mean that's obviously hyperbole it's more of a late round defensive line player Uh, but what, what are your thoughts on drafting the defensive line position in 2021 as far as dynasty goes.
1: hundred percent agree. Um, You know, there's that tier of maybe one or one to three guys that are really great at DL, you know, Chase Young now, uh, you know, TJ Watt, if he's eligible at DL, and then, you know, it kind of dries up quick. Um, So if you can get a guy at value, sure, but that's not going to happen. Those guys are super premier value, high value type players. Um, that'll go early. Um, I've kind of taken it to heart, too, that, you know, I'm much, I'm much more likely to stream the position. Um, I've always kind of related the defensive line to tight end um, in that if you don't, if you miss out on that top tier of guys, you're probably looking at the, you know, huge second tier or bigger third tier of guys, which personally I've found to be a lot more streamable. Um, you know, you can kind of play matchups more and stuff like that. So that's how I've always attacked it. If I can get, you know, a, a Chase Young trade for one somehow, or if I can get a, you know, a, a TJ Watt, if he's eligible, somehow zadarius Smith, even, you know, if I can get those guys at a value, Zadarius Smith is probably the best value you can get just based off of, he's not one of those big names. But uh, otherwise you're, you're looking at that kind of second tier guys or the, you know, the past the 12 spot there of guys that you can get pretty cheaply and you can stream on the regular, um, you know, look for bad offensive lines, teams that allow a lot of sacks. That's ten. When I write my stream team articles during the year, you know, that's one of the things I look at is teams that give up a lot of sacks, run a lot of plays, um, things like that, that, you know, really make the defensive line streamable. Um, I'd rather not invest if I don't have to. I'd rather invest in a more steady Eddie type of asset, like a linebacker. Um, Even some safeties are more, more uh, steady at the position in terms of production. Whereas your, your D line, you know, more often than not, if even the, even the top tier guys, if you're getting a sack or two a game, like you're happy, but like most guys don't contribute a tackle floor. So it's like, okay, what am I doing? You know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm praying it's similar to the tight end in that. Okay. You're hoping for a touchdown. You're hoping for a sack. Yep. You know, so that's, you know, in a roundabout way, that's that's where I'm at.
0: Yeah, I know. And you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It, It seems like you're you're some ways you're hamstrung or stuck to the sack. You know, you're kind of just hoping for the sack because a lot of defensive line players don't come with that safe tackle floor. Now, there are certain guys that do come with that. But even some of those guys, that's more how they make their value because they don't have the boom upside of the of the sack. Um, so zero d l strategy you know, I just pulled this banner up a second ago. I'll pull it up one more time, like for instance, um zadarius Smith, Jason Pierre Paul, both of these players were guys that were being drafted well into the twenties last year in dynasty startups uh very late, and they popped, you know, and you know you had guys going much earlier than that um who are some examples of like Cameron Jordan, you know he was a guy very yeah. highly drafted this year, didn't pan out, uh you know. Sam Hubbard was going very highly drafted after he turned in a big sack or a big tackle total season the year before didn't pan out. You were able to get players like Jason Pierre Paul, who finished, you know, just a few points behind that second and third spot, depending on your format for next to nothing. Um, I routinely saw I think he was draft consensus uh, defensive line player 29 coming into the season. If my notes are right here, I'm looking at um, finished as you know montez sweat was another player who you could get outside of that top 10 15 even 20 sometimes uh that was pushed up into the top 10 so i'm i'm definitely approaching the line or the defensive line position um with less emphasis going forward i don't know if that's going to be something more people do or not but like you said it's it's it seems like it's streamable especially against uh, poor QB play, poor perform, poor performing teams. You know, I mean, you can kind of see what teams yeah. are struggling, and there's always a pass rusher available. Um, so
1: yeah, and I mean, you I look, look at there, Go there's two two edge players on each team, so you're looking at a pool of about 64 players. You know, yeah. and a lot of them are playing opposite of these these stars like Garrett Watt, Bosa. You know, granted, you know Bosa is a terrible example because. Ingram was the other guy on the opposite side. He was hurt all year. And in my opinion, he's pretty washed. But uh, some people might not agree. But go ahead with whatever what your point was. Well,
0: I was just going to say, you know, the overemphasis of the sack play, too. You know, you really aren't counting on a sack when you get a defensive line player. Like you said, you're looking for that, but you can't really count on it. So you know, trying to pinpoint that guy who's going to get double-digit sacks, um, it's really not even a very viable strategy. I mean, you look at that list I just pulled up a minute ago. I mean, you had several guys here. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul didn't have double-digit sacks. Uh, uh, Montez Sweat didn't have double-digit sacks. Harold Landry didn't. I mean, J.J. Watt and Harold Landry didn't even combine for double-digit sacks, and they're both top 10 defensive line players. So when I hear people, you know, giving defensive line, fantasy analysis if you can call it that and they talk about double digit sacks i'm like what is this really based off of like what does that really truly mean i mean double digit sacks 10 sacks is 60 points if they're you know you got to get a lot more than 60 points if you're going to be a top guy so tell me what else this player can do um that's kind of why i'm not as high as on carl lawson as a lot of people are because they're like oh when he gets his sack regression i'm like great he'll have you know, 40 tackles and 12 sacks and nothing else, you know, that sounds a lot like yeah. Harold Landry to me, um, you know, so I'm just, but Harold Landry even can bat some passes and stuff like that. I mean, Carl Lawson, Carl Lawson's way too gassed up for me if I'm just being completely for real right now, especially in dynasty yeah. formats. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm a, I'm honestly a big fan of Landry. I think he actually brings, you know, he brings that tackle for loss floor, tackle floor, you know, and he drops back, like you said, he, he can you know, have his pass deflections and stuff too. I don't know. I've, I've grown a, to be a big fan of Harold Landry. He was my, uh, my deal two in my championship winning team this year. And I needed like three and a half points out of him and he got me like five. So I, you know, shouldn't be a big fan of that because of that, but That's I have a, a bit of a, a bit of, yeah, exactly. You know, I've been a bit of a Harold Landry fan ever since. So. Hey, you owe it to him. Um, let's talk about, the, the
0: tackle floor and this is something when I'm looking at the defensive line position that you know I'm looking for guys that have a safe tackle floor and you know kind of what I call that elite tackle floor for a defensive line player is right around 50 combined tackles uh, and you would be surprised some of the players who have not had 50 combined tackles that are in that uh that people talk about in that upper tier of defensive line uh First player that always comes to mind is, I mean, I feel like I'm always dumping on him, but it's Miles Garrett. You know, he had his highest tackle total of his career this year. He had 48. That's just not an overly safe floor. Uh, I want, you know, that's honestly. I mean, that's just not a very safe floor. I want a guy, and that's why I like TJ Watt. You know, you do get some of these outside linebackers, they do get a few more tackles for whatever reason. They push up to like that 55, 60. That's what I'm looking for. Joey Bosa is very good at this. Daniil Hunter is very good at this. They come through with big tackle numbers. It's really interesting to look at Khalil Mack because Khalil Mack is basically the same player he was for Chicago they he was for the Raiders, except his tackles have really gone down a lot. He used to be like a 70-tackle guy and like a 12-sack guy. Now he's like, you know, more like a 45, 50, and 10 guy. And what really, really hurts, you know, assuming sacks come and go, it's that his floor for his tackles has gone down so much. Um, Just kind of crazy, but it just shows you that the scheme guys are in really can affect their floors and ceilings. Yeah,
1: man, 100% agree.
0: And that's something else I look for when I'm looking at my defensive tackles, which is why I'm kind of more pro DeForest Buckner than I am pro Aaron Donald, especially in Dynasty right now, because DeForest Buckner can put up 55, 60 tackles, 65 tackles a season, I think is what he's been averaging. Aaron Donald barely ever, I think his biggest season's just shy of 50. So, again, it just comes down to looking at skill sets, looking at floor versus ceiling, and guys that have floor and have ceiling. Um, That's one of the things I really, really like about DeForest Buckner. Um, we're pr- trying not to talk too much about players today. We're trying to talk a little bit more about theory, about how we're managing the position. Um, I say that, but we are going to talk about some guys we are you know, looking to draft versus some guys that we are looking to avoid. Uh, we will get to that just a little bit later. Um, let's talk about streaming. So this is something you did a lot this, this season when you wrote your article. So how did you look at streaming um, and I'll just go ahead and say my way of looking at streaming is I'm a lot less concerned than a lot of people are about one-on one matchups. So when I'm looking at you know a pass rusher, I'm not looking just at the PFF grade of the tackle or the guard across from him. You now I hear a lot of people talk about that a lot and I feel like you know that's great, but that's you know this is a team sport. So when I look at my pass rushers, I'm really looking for a guy who gets a shitty team, a shitty quarterback, like who's playing Danny Dimes this week? That's who I want to stream. I don't care if Danny Dimes has the best offensive line in football. I still want to stream the defensive line players that are playing Danny Dimes this next year. Why? Because I know Danny Dimes is a walking fumble machine. Same with Kirk Cousins. Mm. He's a great quarterback, but you give him a little bit of pressure, and it, I mean, that's money for defensive line players. Carson Wentz. I think and he, I think it's going to be funny when Carson Wentz still gets a lot of sacks behind this uh, Colt offensive line this next year. Uh, but I like, that's more how I look at it. I look for weak quarterback play, maybe guys like, uh, Haskins this year where it's like, oh, maybe he gets pulled out of a game. Guys are in a rocky situation and then they put in a backup. Like that's money for sacks. That's more what I do versus looking at the offensive linemen across from them. But, but how, how do you attack the streaming of the defensive line position?
1: So I'm pretty big on looking at the offense they're facing as a whole. So like you mentioned, you know, bad quarterback play is always a good focus. Um, but I'm looking at, you know, plays per game, which I know you're not a huge fan of. Um, I look at plays per game, how many, how often the team throws the ball, um, you know, because they're dropping back to pass more, obviously. And then how many sacks per game on average that the team they're playing allows. Um, and then it comes down to, you know, for the players themselves individually, um, you know, I like to look at, again, kind of plays per game because you that tells the tale of how much they're on the field. That opens up percentage of opportunities and all that. Sure. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to, you know, go grab the the second string DL, you know, depending on who it is. If he's, you know, like uh, Emmanuel Agba was a great stream team guy last year. Um, Romeo Okwara, great stream team guy last year. Um, and, you know, and redraft leagues especially, you know, these guys were free pickings off the waiver wire, you know, week in, week out. And they were guys that were on, you know, three, four, five weeks of my articles and they, you know, hit damn near every week. Um, you yeah. know, so those things are a lot of what I take into, take into account. Um, you know, and like, like I said, you you got to be able to have the guys that are available too. I don't like to necessarily just throw out, you know, guys that are, you know, Oh, Nick, uh, well, not last. year. Oh, Chase Young has a good matchup this week. Yeah. Okay. Who cares? You're starting Chase Young. Anyway. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's um, completely. But, you know, boy. like, like the like the you know the lesser name guys that like you have to take a second look at. You know those middle, you know middle kind of those DL twos, DL threes, even you know wherever you want to lump them into in this full season. You know those are the guys that I think are really money for defensive line, especially if you're going to kind of punt the position a little bit um, and kind of chase guys later. You know, uh, those are big guys for me. Um, Ogbo, like I said, was a favorite, and so was Aquara. Um, I know uh, Olivier Vernon was hot there for a few weeks. Um, you know, like I said, so those are the things I looked at. DL was a position that um, all those things really tracked um, in terms of, you know, how accurate it ended up being. You know, in some weeks, obviously, it's not going to track 100%. It's just not. Um But, you know, those were things that tracked damn near every week very consistently. Um, You know, so teams that pass the ball a lot, teams that allow sacks, teams that run a lot of plays, you know, that opens up a ton of opportunity for these guys to get sacks. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's in a nutshell how I break it all down. Nice, nice.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you kind of have a similar approach to me where it's a little more holistic than just offense, line, matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean again it's so much about the quarterback. I mean I, I mean ultimately you can beat your assignment 100 times out of 100 but if you can't get to the quarterback what does it all mean for IDP? It doesn't mean anything. Yep. That's another reason I like Trey Hendricks cuz for all of his faults he's a finisher. Um he he gets to the quarterback, he 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 finishes the play. He's not just affecting the quarterback, uh, you know, he's he's when he gets the pressure, he's making sure that it counts. Um so I that's kind of the Trey Hendrickson, Carl Lawson is going to be like a big thing for a while. And like I said the other day, it's going to end up being where one of them just ends up getting hurt. And we'll never know who's better or whatever, right. but yeah. we'll argue yeah. about it
1: for months. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on Lawson. I just, you know, I, I wrote him up for a waiver wire article last year and I was just like the whole time I was like, I is this that. really it you know <laughs> like like I, I went back and i looked at his whole career and i'm like okay well he got injured. there's nothing there except for like, quarterback <laughs> hits
0: tackles and sacks that's it yeah. and yep. on 1800 yeah, snaps the numbers that he's got aren't as good as you th- as these
1: yep. deep metrics 100%. might make you think yep i agree 100 percent. you know he was just it's just you know ah yeah i 100 i agree it's just like you, I, was writing I mean, him out and
0: they're they're gonna hate. I mean, the world's gonna hate us because he, you know, his pass rush win rate is just. Mm, mm, where did
1: gone. where did he end up signing? The Jets. Oh, who cares?
0: Well, he's gonna be on the field a lot. Yeah, and he's got Big Q next to him. I like Big nah, Q. Big nah. Q came through last year. He was all right. Big Q, yo, you remember? Uh, you remember when uh, Ed Oliver was defensive tackle? future defensive oh. tackle one remember the good old what a, days? what a
1: time to be alive
0: yeah just seems like just seems like 2018 was just the other day
1: <laughs> yeah man that's uh that's rough i need to write him down i need to go back and look at him because i've been yeah with yeah. other research stuff i need i need him on my list of stuff to look at
0: i guess i don't think he's even in i'm looking at my uh at my uh, black ops tier right now, or my, uh, the ultimate IEP index. He's not even
1: in my top 130 right now. Why would he honestly, like, <laughs> know, you know, like he, he's, he's name value at this point. You yeah, know? no, he is. He is. hate uh, to say he, it. I think, you know, whatever, but sorry,
0: Bill's uh, I, mafia. You know. There's, there's some there could be something there. He's, you know, the right. defensive tackle positions got to develop. Not everybody is DeForest Buckner, Aaron Donald, which is why these guys should get. Which is why DeForest Buckner needs more shine than he gets. I mm, yeah drives me nuts. I there. I
1: think it's coming because with him, you know, I don't think he broke out really right away either. I think he took a couple years to uh, he's been good. Really forever, get out So well, yeah. I mean, he's been in the league. I think going on six years. It feels like at least. But he I think did. I think the shine's coming because they really they really felt his presence when um, they went up against Tennessee and Derrick Henry without him. And it's just, some some Henry running up all over the field right through the gut. And it's like, ah, I wish we had Buckner, you know. Yeah, he'd, he'd have been I love Buckner. Fun. I'm a big fan, man, honestly.
0: I don't, I, I have a hard time having him not be my defensive tackle one. Just Who because. Cares? Do it. Well, I never said I didn't. Maybe I do. You can find out. For $13 a month. Black Ops here. The Patreon, ladies and gentlemen. Sign up. Join the IDP Army for real. Okay. Hey, we're going to be in Canton at the expo together. Me, Bob, Hustler, we're going to be holding it down for the IDP Army. Y'all already know what it is. Come see us if you are in Canton, if you want to hang out with the coolest guys in the industry. I mean, we'll find them and we'll lead you to them and you guys can have a good time. Maybe, <laughs> we'll, hang, maybe we'll tag along. <laughs> oh, uh, all man. right. Where are we right now? I'm, my notes are a little... A little shady over here. Okay. Oh, let's talk about rookies. Okay. We're about 20 minutes Ah. in. We've talked a little bit of, you know, general strategy, um, and, you know, guys, gals, hit us up on Twitter, on on YouTube, leave comments if you want, if you have questions about these strategies. Um, if you want to see any, like, notes or articles that we have in the background, we will definitely link you guys up. This isn't the first time I've talked about zero DL strategy. There's a video back on the channel. And even going back in the last year, I was kind of talking it up. You can search the hashtag on Twitter. So look it up. There's generally, like we said, this is, you know, the defensive line position. While it is good, um, it's kind of, in my opinion, it's one that I think has been overemphasized. The sack has been overemphasized. The position has been overemphasized a little bit for IDP, as far as practicality purposes. Um, but like I said, the teams that I have, the teams that I have Nick Bosa on, and the teams that I have Miles Garrett on, and the teams that I have Chase Young on, they're good teams, but they have not been difference makers that I wanted. And I've sat there many weeks wishing that I had roquan smith or blake martinez on this team instead of this guy so going forward i'm going to be emphasizing i'm going to be pushing for people to you know step back from the defensive line position especially early in your dynasty drafts because you can pick guys up on your waiver wires you know throughout the season you can stream positions guys break out all the time leonard williams decided to go to the giants and break out you know what i mean quinn and williams decided to break out this year trey hendrickson decided to break out this year you know, these are guys that you've got for almost nothing. You could have got for fourth, fifth round picks, waiver wire picks last year. Now they're in people's top 24. There's no reason to waste that pick on a guy Um unless you really just are a huge fan, which in that case, go crazy. But, Bob, let's talk about the defensive line position as far as the rookies, y'all. I know. Take us a while to get there, but let's talk rookie defensive line players. Who are, is your, who are your top five rookie defensive line players coming into this class? And just can, give us a breakdown on who, who they are, what they do, and, and why you like these guys.
1: All right, so I don't like all of them, but okay. I will say they're, they're all up there. Um, the first one we'll talk about is going to be probably the, probably the biggest, the bell of the ball for a lot of people, and that's Gregory Russo um, out of Miami. Um, a lot of people are, you know, he is a freak athlete. I'll give him that. He had great production in his one year starting. You can't ignore production. But when I looked at the film, I just, I wasn't all that impressed. Um, it seemed like, you know, he was kind of a guy that lucked into more plays than not. But again, you know, like you can't ignore the production at the end of the day, he was there to luck into that play, you know, whatever, you know, that's kind of, you know, opinion based anyway, but um, so he's a guy, like I said, freak athlete. You know, he's 6'7", 270-something. Seven, you know, he's a big dude, and he won He won with his athleticism. So if he can learn to win with strength at the next level, I think he's a guy. The thing is with a lot of these guys, I think they all need a year to develop. Um, I don't think any of these guys are going to be the, you know, big breakout guy year one, and that will be reflected in the draft capital too. But he's he's, like I said, probably the first one to be you worth
2: talking one. about. Yeah, Yeah, he was a
0: guy that I heard – he was a guy I definitely heard the rumblings about before anybody else this last year, Uh, similar to the way you heard the rumblings of Chase Young, similar to the way you heard the rumblings of Nick Bosa coming in. Um, You know, Russo was that guy, so it makes sense that he would be number one. Who you got number two?
1: Um, Number two, and probably more of my favorite, um, is Joseph Osai out of Texas um he produced really well as well um he's kind of an interesting player um the one thing that stuck out on his film a lot is that how he kind of sets up on some of his plays he sets up like in a block position right away and I'm like what are you doing like I don't it's just something you don't see very often it's like he's banking that it's going to be a run and he's trying to get into a block shed position right away which but And if it's on a run play, it usually ends up fine. But when it ends up being a pass play, he completely, you know, is basically phased out of the play because he's getting eaten alive by a tight end Mm -hmm. or a line or a offensive lineman. But, you know, he's got a high motor. He's a quick guy. Um, You know, I, and like I said, his production was really good. Um, And I I think you've seen, I don't know if the people out there have seen. you know, I've been breaking down their college production as starters um, in IDP one, two, three points per game scoring. And doing more research on that to see if that actually means a single thing in the NFL, and it actually so far the, the you know the ones with high points per game in college, believe it or not, production tracks from college to the NFL more often than not. Um, you know, he was a guy that graded out pretty well on that scale. Um, the next guy, um, and I think a lot of people are going to be pretty high on uh, Jalen Phillips, also out of Miami. Um, the big thing with him is going to be the insurance, um, you know, he's only played, you know, a handful of games or he's missed a handful of games over the last two years. Um, and I, yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be a big thing for him, but he's a pretty balanced guy, you know, good against the run, good against the pat or good against pass rushing, I should say, or good with pass rushing. But, uh, you know, like I said, not quite the production that Osai or Russo had, but again, he was still very, very productive. Um and just kind of, you know, he's one of those guys that stands out on film. The film actually looked a lot better to me than Russo's. Um, and like I said, you know, to me it's it's all arbitrary anyway. I'm not a I'm not a professional scout, but um, you know, to me, Phillips, you know, looked like a lot more of a really good pass rusher and a really good runner. Um, do you have thoughts on any of these guys so far? Dude, I have said it once. I'll say it a hundred times. I don't watch college
0: football. Uh, The last full game of college football I watched was when Deshaun Watson played at Clemson. And I think that was 2015 or 16. That was the last full game I watched. I did watch part of the Texas OU game this year. The one that went to like double or triple overtime. That was like a crazy game. I did watch part of that game. I usually watch part of a college football game a year. so. I'm not in that whole world, unfortunately. I think that college sports are a corrupt institution. I know that people are probably like Jordan. That's the word. I'm like, it it just is what it is. Okay, Um, I don't like it, Um, so I don't support it. And I, it's awesome that these guys get to go to college. I mean, who the fuck wants to go to college in 2021? Um, You don't. Nothing happens to you there except you go into debt. Uh, but whatever. I mean, it's it's the pathway. It's the assembly line that the American dream has set up for these people. And until private money comes in in the form of non-education, like smaller leagues, and these guys can go through systems like that. College, college will essentially be what it is, which is just minor league sports right now. Um, and it's a way for institutions to make. I, OK, I'm going on a rant. Institutions are, you know, the NCAA is bad. I'm not a huge college sports fan, but if you're into it, you're into it. But I don't have any opinion on any of these guys, really, because, like I said, I haven't really watched a lot of this tape. That's why I brought you on because I know you are deep into this world. I know you've been scouting these guys for a while. Like, I have notes on some of these players. I do listen to the overall narrative around, you know, the rookies coming in. I try to watch – you know, I follow some good actual NFL scouts. So, I I, you know, I'm aware of who they like, who they don't like. I'm I'm looking at that stuff. But I'm always going to defer to people that are much more ingrained into that for – analysis because that's just not what i'm good at so i don't have an overall super opinion i mean literally when i'm doing drafts and stuff for rookies coming in i'm looking at the information that you put out usually or some of these other draft people and i'm just you know i'm just people i trust i'm using the information that they give me so oh no bob froze y'all what's up i see there's two three people in here give me some comments we are going to uh See if Bob comes back in a minute. Retweet this or whatever if you're watching on Twitter because we're going to do like a live Q&A here in about five minutes. We will talk to you guys about anything you want IDP-related. Yeah, anything defensive line-related. If you have any trade questions, talk to us. We're going to briefly talk about the Seattle Seahawks and they're bringing on Kerry Hyder, which is a pretty big signing, and um, Carlos Dunlap re-signing him. This is a team that had no pass rush the last two years, essentially. If you try and tell me Jadavian Clowney had pass rush, I'll fight you. Um, But they have two guys now who are legitimately good pass rushers. So things are uh, looking looking up for them. Oh, looks like Bob's back. Bob, what up? Sorry, my internet decided to cut out. Sorry about that. Um, Hey, it's all good. Where were we? Uh we were you had just finished saying Jalen Phillips was, I believe, your third favorite rookie coming in. And I had just finished up a rant about how college sports were a scam.
1: Or college yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I I tend to agree with that narrative too. Um, but uh another guy I can't leave here without talking about is Aziz Aziz Ojalari. Um a lot of people are very high on this kid. Um super young. He's gonna be 20 come draft day. Um, which, you know, could be good, could be bad, who knows. Um, You know, but another guy, he's going to need to develop, but he's a pass rushing freak. I mean, his bend, the way he gets to the quarterback is pretty dang impressive, how he creates his pass rush. Um, But again, like I said, I think all these guys are going to need to develop one way or another. Um, And the last guy I'll mention is my personal favorite, uh, but I'm not going to rank him that high. Um, is Patrick Jones out of pit. Um, He struggled in the senior bowl, which sucks because it, you know, that doesn't bode well for your NFL draft stock. Um, but no, just the way he, he jumps off the line, the way he gets after a quarterback, he has a toolkit already, um, you know, something that can be kind of developed at the NFL level. You know, he has a swim move, he has a spin move, you know, he has a nasty chop, you know, and his the way he wins is with speed off the edge and that's what I'm a big fan of personally, those guys that can he, if he gets even, you know, quarter to the old line before he's before the old lines off the line, he's going to burn you every time. So. What are those your are thoughts? My, I say five guys. What
0: are your thoughts on this uh the guy that ran the the 4 uh four, three, whatever yesterday, 3736 out of Might Yeah, I forget uh his name. I literally just Micah Parsons? No, it's a defensive line guy, the edge guy.
1: That ran it right after him. Uh, like a four away, oh, away, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I he he's a raw guy too. He's not is he flying um, up you your know, draft
0: boards because he's fast because that's the way offense no, works, Bob. So we need to get it together. No, okay, he's gonna fly up the boards. No, sorry, on, damn it.
1: He's a second or third round pick. He's a day two guy, maybe. Come on. for me at least, and that's with like I said, he's.
2: You I think he only has like a one
1: that. year. That I'm not the hot take guy, <laughs> but, uh, save that, save that for the, uh, for the training camp, training camp films. I'll, uh, I'll probably <laughs> drop some, uh, drop some dumb hot <laughs> takes then. Um, yeah. but, uh, no, Jason, Owe, He, I watched his film, wasn't overly impressed. Um, but again, he's a guy that, you know, he only got one real year to start at Penn state. He was a rotational player before that. I think he played, like one year completely reserved in play. Then the next year he played limited snaps. And then this last year he played, you know, 60, 70% of snaps and didn't really do a whole heck of a lot. Um, So for reference, his production in his one year starting, he was at 9.1 IDP, one, two, three three points per game. Uh Gregory Russo was at 17.
0: Yeah, I was going to say 9.1 12. is not so, good. That's not yeah, good.
1: So that's just, that's just a reference, but mm. – he but, ran uh, really yeah. fast. So, I mean though. I like so, he ran so fast. But uh so fast. yeah, I yeah, good for him, you know, cool. I yeah. uh, that I'm I'm not gonna you know, I'm gonna use these as a confirmation tool, not a you know mm. way to uh, kind of what do you call a hype name? tool. But yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, y'all. We are going to now transition the show. That's all five, right? That was all five of your rookies. You want to list them back off to us really quick so we, so everybody who's on the yeah, podcast can get them?
1: For sure. So I had Gregory Russo, Joseph Osai, uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, Aziz Ojolari, and Patrick Jones. Those aren't necessarily my top five in order, but those are just some guys I really like. Um, follow me on Twitter. I drop graphics all the time showing the college – idp's leaderboard um i'm up to 80 idp rookies pulled with these uh points per game stats and like i said i've been going back and tracking like the you know top fives top tens at each positions over the last few years and this stuff really does track you know that it, it you know correlate? Is you there a, a higher. yeah it's it, a, it, a, it a real correlation a,
0: nice
1: there's that correlation so uh so for reference you know like uh a linebacker nobody's freaking talking about. If you don't mind, I'll pivot a little bit. Go, a linebacker go nobody's talking about. Uh, Chaz Surratt has the highest out of 80 IDP rookies I've pulled with a 20 points per game. Um, for reference, Darius Leonard and Luke Keekly were at 26 and 25, respectively. So, so far, there's no, like, monster in this class, you know, like a Hall of Fame type player or, mm. you know, number one at lb or whatever but you know to me and this guy this guy's a former quarterback he he played quarterback for his whole life until two years ago he switched to linebacker and he put up more points than anybody else in this freaking class i'm <laughs> like and people you know people are starting to kind of come around on him but not nearly the effect i'd like to see i'm yeah. big well, hey that's around that's that's
0: more glory for us bro that's that's easy pickings around three round four if people are gonna let him drop
1: amen
0: amen all right y'all if you want to see more of the rookie stuff you know the patreon uh the uh, the idp army patreon go check it out over there sign up for the black ops tier we have the top 20 rookies in there we're gonna have the top 100 and 30 40 50 i mean it's gonna keep growing and expanding it's an index of all kinds of idp information but now we're gonna transition the show kind of open it up for use questions ama type stuff um we are gonna bring on A newish member of the IDP Army. We're going to add Fantasy GI Joe in here. What's up, Joe? What's up, fellas? Good show. Hey, thanks. It's not over yet. The party just started. You just got here. Yeah, I'm ready. Um, I I did mention earlier about Kerry Hyder and Carlos Dunlop going to the Seattle Seahawks. I know that was something that you were going to look a little bit into. What are your thoughts on this move for Seattle? And what do you think about these two kind of older defensive line players? But in, you know, talking defensive line strategy as we just were, you know, are these guys we should maybe be targeting as our, you know, you know, playable weekly defensive line players that you don't have to pay up for?
2: Well, absolutely. If if I don't have them on my team and I'm, you know, in the offseason like I am now, I would heavily – well, not heavily, but – I would look out and see what the value is on Dunlap to his owner or Hyder. I personally like the Dunlap re-signing more than Hyder coming in for fantasy purposes because Dunlap just has a track record of, you know, over the last five seasons, he has 38 sacks when, you know, Kerry Hyder just has the 18 and a half. Hyder's had two good years sandwiched in between two injury-prone seasons and one season where he just disappeared. Um, now, bringing him in, I think, will be a good place for him. He's a good fit for Seattle. But if I were to have to pick between the two, I would see what you could get for Dunlap. Um, I think he's he's a buy low right now. Uh, he, he's coming off the worst year he's had in almost his career. It's been a decade.
0: And it's not his fault either. The Bengals mismanaged him. They treated him kind of crappy. You saw once he got to Seattle that he was instantly back to his old self.
2: Well, and even in, in Cincy, you know, for 10 years almost, he produced, you know, eight sacks almost on average. And um and, and they put their chips back into Dunlap. I mean, I, a lot of teams, I feel like after a down season, I mean, he's 32 years old, they would have let him walk in free agency and bring in Hyder. Well, they did both. So, I I, I mean, I'm, I really stick with Dunlap. But if the, you know, and for fantasy purposes, if if his current owner – you know, values them high. See what you can get for Hyder. I mean, it's it's really just about the best value you can get for for either one. Yeah. But uh, they're both attractive um, D linemen. Like you said, I think your strategy on you know no D defensive lineman early is 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 really the way to go. Um, yeah. I, I sometimes fall in that trap where I I like to have a connection, so I, I do like my you know Nick and Joey Bosa stack. I know. I like that before so <laughs> it feels good it feels good for like six eight months in the
0: off season where you're just like oh yeah. this team's so good then you get to like week three and you're like fucking get a sack already motherfucker
2: yep. <laughs> so, yeah you, you guys are getting ahead on that you know and and uh it, it's definitely the way to go these guys are starting to play i mean dunlap's 32 years old just signed a two-year contract where they're committed for two years They're they're really not yep. gonna opt out of it Um, Look at JJ Watt too. I mean, just because you're older doesn't mean you're not still good in that position. Absolutely. I mean, JJ Watt, I I would have wrote off, you know, two years ago, and this last year he's been and uh, you know, so yeah, the position definitely allows for them to to age better and produce still at an an older age. Yeah. What
0: you got? Got any hard hard hitting analysis on this? The Seahawks pass rush coming into this next year, Bob?
1: Man, I. Like you said, if I can get whichever one's a better value, Dunlap on the cheap, I'd probably go that way as well. Um Heider, you know, like you mentioned, you know, doesn't have a ton of players. Dunlap's been a solid producer pretty much throughout his career, even on a bad team like uh like the Bengals. Sorry, Bengals fans. Um, not really. Um so like I said, I, I tend to lean to the best value. Dunlap, you said Jordan produced pretty much Right away, when he got to uh, got, to, he was a stream team guy. A lot of weeks, he was a wake-up a lot of weeks. He was, a lot of people dropped him, you know, in in a lot of leagues because he wasn't producing in Cincy anymore because he was just freaking done.
2: Yeah. Um, so I well, mean, they were just I like
1: I, I leaned Dunlap more than Hyder. but
2: yeah. I I completely agree. I mean, these are guys you can you could be working a trade somewhere else and not even mention these guys and get that trade worked out and then probably get these guys thrown in for nothing. I mean, you really can. No one. The the person that owns Dunlap from last year more than likely is considering dropping them if they haven't already or would ship them off for almost nothing. I mean, Hyder, his owner might be a little higher because he's coming off, you know, eight and a half sacks. So a new, you know, a new signing. So he might be a little hyped. But Dunlap, I think you could get for, for basically nothing.
0: Yeah. IDP Army, y'all. I see some people out there in the audience. If you have any IDP questions, this is three of the most mediocre guys you could ask. So. Hit us, with, hit, <laughs> hit, us, hit us with that goodness. We'll try and give you guys some good analysis uh, as we're sitting here because, you know, like we said, we talked about this defensive line. It, it seems to be a very polarizing position. Uh, you know, it's hard to really nail down because you're really – a lot of people don't know what we're looking at. You know, are you looking at sacks? Are you looking at tackles? Are you looking at pressures? What's going to translate? What's not going to translate? People say follow well, the snaps. But when in, in a modern NFL defense, it's so hard to find a guy – Especially an outside pass rusher uh, who's playing a super high number of snaps because guys rotate in and out. They want to keep them fresh. To get a guy that's out there 90, 95% of snaps, like Miles Garrett, is very, very rare. And that's another thing, that, you no know, bone I have to pick with Garrett. For him playing as many snaps as he does on the edge, I would just like a little bit more in the tackle department. You know, that just worries me. Um, so, you know, I'm, I would rather invest in the, the, the linebacker position personally.
2: Well, and to feed into what you're saying is exact, Trey Henderson is case in point. I mean, I'm a Saints fan, and I've been, I've, been, I've been holding Marcus Davenport for three years now, and then Trey Henderson comes out of nowhere and, and, and just posts up a great season. And that's something that you see every year all the time, <laughs> defensive linemen, but you don't see in linebacker hardly at all. There, there, there might be one or two, but they don't come out of nowhere like these D linemen do. I mean, so yeah. it's just keeping point on drafting these guys late.
0: Fair. What do you guys think about the signing of uh, Anthony Walker to the Browns? Because historically, you know, the past five, six years, the Browns have produced very good linebackers. Um, this year they had such a hodgepodge of guys. Nobody was even, I mean, I mean, they were below average across the board. Anthony Walker, in my opinion, is a majorly underrated linebacker. Um, and if they're, they signed him, I think that he's going to get the usage. Uh, I personally think that he's Pretty much a lock for top thirty, and that I mean I feel like that's almost a hedge. But I could see him pushing into that top twenty four, even assuming that he is the guy. And I don't think that they would have brought him in a veteran on this team that they're putting together. You know, they're they're building something on that Browns defense. And that middle linebacker position, it is relevant. It does matter. You guys think his
1: stock is at, majorly at, yeah, up?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'd no. say. I've been I've been
1: holding more. on to him. No, go ahead, my man. I've, yeah, I mean, I've been holding on to him for, you know, over the last two years in a league. Just I was waiting for him to be a free agent. Um, you know, I honestly couldn't really think of a better spot for him to go um, off the top of my head, you know, out of him that needs a linebacker that will actually produce a solid linebacking number with a good linebacker there. I mean, you look at last year, B.J. Goodson was putting up respectable numbers. Mac Wilson's put up decent numbers when he started. You know, look at Anthony Walker there now. I'm a big fan. I think top 20, you know, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility personally. Nice. nice.
0: Yeah. I think that was probably one of the most, if not the most under the radar IDP sort of move so far. So, all right. Well, doesn't seem like any, it seems like everybody in the audience knows everything about IDP tonight. So y'all, we're going to be a one, two more minutes. If you got anything you want to ask us about the defensive line position, Anything you want to ask us about IDP in general, any feedback, comments, we would love to answer that for you. But if not, we are probably going to go do other Friday night stuff. You know what I mean? Maybe watch oh, a little bit yeah. of uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Anybody watching hmm. that tonight?
2: No, I've been I've been actually re-watching um, the Marvel movies in order, you know, uh, from their actual timeline. Chronologically. So I'll probably, uh, jump on uh, Doctor Strange as my next, my next film. So you're pretty deep in, huh? Well, I, I've seen them all once, but yeah, now I'm seeing what the storyline is. I'm catching so much more. It's, it's really,
0: awesome. ooh, that's interesting. Oh,
2: yeah. I haven't, I still haven't watched it in that sort of
0: framework, that sort of format yet. It's, I need to. Oh um, yeah,
2: it's awesome.
0: Winter Soldier. I'm excited for Winter Soldier and Falcon tonight, though, especially after that goofy ass cap they introduced this last week towards the end of the episode. Oh wait, oh crap, I oh, don't spoiler warning.
2: Oh, that's all good.
0: <laughs> oh, my bad everyone. All right, well, that's it. That's the whole show. Thanks for tuning in IDP Army. Everyone who is out there, thank you for everyone who is listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. We got to keep the lights on, y'all, okay? We are going to be in Canton at the Fantasy Football Expo, hosted by Bob Lung. We will be out there repping the IDP Army. We'll be repping IDP. We will have a booth. Come hang out with us. The three of us will be there. Alex is going to be there, 420 Hustler. Other IDP Army associates, we call ourselves the IDP Army Mercenaries, they'll be out there. Join the Patreon, guys. Join the movement. IDP Fantasy Football, inclusive, disruptive, proficient fantasy sports. Going forward, that's what we are going to be all about. As you already know, if you look back at our history, that's what we've been all about this whole time. So we appreciate you coming on this ride with us. Bob, hit him with some goodness on where to find you and what you're up to. And then, Joe, you tell him, and then I'll close this out.
1: So I've been pretty busy at Dynasty Rewind and at Fantasy Six Pack doing a lot of draft profiles preparing for the 2021 NFL Draft. Um, on my Twitter, if y'all are following me, if not, you should maybe. If you want, um, I've been doing a lot of research into rookie college production in IDP one two three scoring points per game. Um, like I've kind of mentioned, it's it is showing that it starts to track with uh, NFL production. So for me, that's pretty exciting. Um, and then Dynasty Rewind, we do a ton of draft coverage, um, looking at all the you know offensive prospects coming in, doing some defensive prospects on the Patreon. Um, but our big thing right now is doing mock drafts, Dynasty rookie mock drafts, you name it. Um, we're doing a huge mega mock tomorrow night with everybody on the team. Some of our patrons, Um, Yeah, check us out. Uh, like I said, my writing work is all at Fantasy Six Pack. All my podcasting stuff is over at Dynasty Rewind. I guess with a bunch of people too. So, Thanks again for having me. Always a blast. Wish my internet wasn't coming in like crap right now. But again, thanks for having me, man.
2: Always a pleasure.
0: Happy to have you. Well,
2: I'm not as cool as Bob, so uh, but you can find me on Twitter at G.I. Joe, and I'm just working behind the scenes for the IDP Army, you know, starting out, so new to it, and I've been doing IDP for three years now, and and I think Bob's on to something doing all that college in-depth look. I'm I'm going to Probably have to steal some of his info just to, to catch up on what these guys actually are doing in college. So, yes, sir. But I have, Bob, are you actually in any Debbie leagues? Nah, man. I've,
1: it's one of those it's things where I've always man. kind of looked, not, not, not looked down Debbie leagues, but I've always had the like, oh, those are for people who are just too patient for them to get to the NFL. And then I'm like, oh, man, but like with all this college research I do, I should probably be in the Debbie League. I'm like, ah, yeah. too many leagues work, um, but because I do, I do so much. I do so much of my, you know, college catch. And granted, I wouldn't have to do it if I was in a Debbie League. I'd already be caught up. Yeah. But I, I do so much of my work between you know end of December, you know, up till the draft. Basically, you know, looking at prospects, and this is my first year doing content. So, I mean, it's been a it's been a huge look. Debbie, a Debbie League might be on the horizon for me. Uh, maybe we'll see. No promises there. Um, man, that would be that'd be wild to do. IDP Debbie. Uh, it
2: I, exists. I, 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 was I figured, man, that, that sounds like it'd be right up your alley, man. So that's
0: awesome. Y'all, y'all out here trying to get high on your own supply. <laughs> <laughs> all right. IDP Army. Hope we didn't bore you to tears. We'll be back next week or a few days. I don't know. I'll need to look at the schedule. We will continue this series looking at the dynasty implications of the positions of the rookies coming in and how we are addressing the position in 2021. And I hope to see you back here in the near future. Take three.
1: Let the rain hit the sand. Build a house
0: on a rock. Got a plan. Got to get stocks. Keep them bands. Hear the clock tick. blades on the fan. Boom. Used to be mundane on a Monday. Now you have fun day on a Sunday yeah. Cause you're switching it up and you're living it up